Hi, this is Sophie Kaner, co-creator and producer of the Penumbra podcast, and I wanted to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. I should make it clear that today's episode is not a continuation of the Juno Steele story. It's actually a standalone, unrelated thriller, which is very much inspired by The Twilight Zone, which is something that we really enjoy here at the Penumbra. Juno Steele is going to return. Don't cry. Don't freak out. He'll be back. But after every Juno Steele story, we're going to release a one-shot, self-contained story like this one. And that's just due to the production process and actor availability. But uh, he'll be back. Don't worry. We also wanted to apologize for the audio quality of today's episode, Shaken, as well as for Murderous Mask, the preceding two episodes. Those were the first three episodes that we ever recorded. So we can guarantee that after this episode, the audio quality will go nowhere but up. And we're really excited to share that with you. In the meantime, please follow us on Facebook at the Penumbra Podcast and on Twitter at the Penumbra Pod. We're adorable. You won't regret it. And that's for updates, pictures of the cast, other fun stuff, maybe some art coming up. And please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. That's really our bread and butter. That's our only hope of getting iTunes to love us. It could be a really big deal. So please consider it. It only takes a second of your time, but it could be really, really huge for us. And Juno Steele will return on April 26th in his next adventure, Juno Steele and the Prince of Mars. And we think you'll really enjoy it. So thank you so much again for joining us for today's episode, Shaken. And we'll see you soon. Ah, good evening, traveler. Welcome to the Penumbra. May I take your coat? You've picked an excellent place to spend the night, dear traveler. The Penumbra is the grandest hotel this side of nowhere. Countless rooms and countless halls. Just look ahead of you. See the doors go on and on. Even we aren't sure how many there are, or what lies behind them. Will you be staying long? Many of our guests do. You're in good company, Traveler. The Penumbra draws guests from everywhere and every when, and all of them have stories to tell. Stories that will excite you, delight you, and maybe even terrify you. Don't believe me? Well, see for yourself. A woman came in just the other night who I'm certain you'd love to meet. She's a painter with incredible ambition and a family history that would make you shiver in fear. (laughs) What luck! It sounds like she's in. Come, traveler, come with me into room one. Shaken. Autumn, the season of new beginnings, when the trees set their boughs alight to end the long, hot summer, so that from the ashes a new year may rise. Waiter, a bottle of champagne, please, and quick. This girl isn't going to celebrate herself. Oh, John, I, I don't... There is such a thing as being too modest, Lou. You've earned this. But, but, Daddy... I'll be fine, dear. Celebrate. One such beginning, Louise Serling, age 22, now exiting that summer that all artists know and few escape, obscurity. Louise has been recognized. That's more like it. 
And now, with something to wet your glass. Thank you, John. Some here, please. Daddy. I think we'd both like to hear that letter again. Don't be shy. I know you want to read it just as much as we want to listen. <laughs> oh. Oh, all right. Dear Miss Serling, we at the Gibson Gallery would like to express our interest in the works of art you presented to us last Saturday, the 12th of October. Saturday? They must have sent the letter that afternoon to get it here. <laughs> John! And in addition, we found your concept regarding the portraits of your late mother to be so bold and refreshing that we would like to extend to you... Here it is, Mr. Serling. ...a showing in our gallery next March the 25th to display the project in full. Oh, John, it really is incredible. Incredible? I... Hardly. The portrait you all have already is one of the best I've ever seen. I think you might be a little biased, John. Biased? Mr. Serling, you've seen the portrait, haven't you? It's beautiful. Daddy... At any rate, the experts themselves over at Gibson seem to agree with us, so why resist? Take the compliment. You've earned it. Well, I am quite proud of it. As well you should be. Is that Daniels over there? I think I see him. I'll be back in a moment, darling. I'm just bursting with the good news. Daniels! Hey, Daniels! Thank you. I, I know this can't be easy for you. No, no, this is your moment, my dear. You've had quite a few glasses, Daddy. The portrait really is beautiful, you know. Thank you. It looks more like your mother than you'll ever know. The color of her cheeks, the way her hair fell, that smile, everything. How you got all that from a few photographs, I'll never understand. Well, I remember her, too. A little. I hope the others won't bother you quite so much. They will be more abstract, more personal. You needn't look at them if they upset you. I think that's quite now, it enough. It wasn't until I saw the portrait of your mother that I realized how like her you are. A true artist, just like she was. Thank you. It's been so, so good. Your art, you in her studio. I'm so glad you didn't have to suffer like she did. Not now, please. She'd sold a sculpture, too, of course, but nothing like this, not a gallery exhibit of her very own. She was working towards one. I recall there was some talk of an offer, but I, I still remember. It still chills me to think... Father! No, she said it would be her greatest sculpture, but her hands... They Stop wouldn't, it! They shook. First, her hands shook and then her arms, and her shoulders, and then her entire body, like a rabbit, like a leaf. The same thing happened to her mother, she said. Nobody ever knew why. That's enough, Daddy. I, I, th I think you might be right, dear. Darling! And Louise! Very funny, John. Why, the boot is... No bad news, I hope? None. Oh. <clears throat> well, I hope it's all right if I announce a surprise or two. Excellent idea. The first is, of course, our meal. Oh, John, it looks amazing. Roast duck and, and potatoes and... But, but how did they prepare it so quickly? I called before we drove over, Lou. I wanted everything to be perfect. Oh, it is. Well, no need to stand on ceremony. All right, but just a few bites. After all, I've got to watch my figure for the gallery showing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said there was another surprise. Do tell us. I hoped we might find somewhere more private. Private? But... 
I can't wait another second. Well then. Oh, John. Louise, will you marry me? Yes, yes, yes. Autumn, the season of new beginnings. Give me your hand, Louise. I'd give you anything. When the cool winds come to fan the sweat of summer. Darling, you must be so nervous. Your hand is shaking. What? No, I... And to shake the leaves from their boughs. I'm excited, that's all. You, this gallery, this dinner. I've never been so excited in all my life. And for those newly born, ahead lies the infant winter. The clean, clean snow and the endless cold. To those who survive the winter, we give spring, the season of buds and blooms. After winter's long, cold sleep, the world at last awakens. Beasts come blinking from their caves, birds come squawking from their climbs. Warmth returns, and life, and sun. And promises, well, promises come back to those who made them. Of course you have, Mr. Gibson, but I... But your portraits were due to us two full days ago. Mr. Gibson, I know how difficult this must be for you. If you knew, Miss Sterling, I highly doubt you'd be making it so difficult. And and I assure you, the portraits are nearly complete. Nearly? Mr. Gibson, these portraits are good. They, they really are. They'll be worth the wait, honestly. I just can't part with them yet. Do you understand? These are the finishing touches, I promise. They'll be ready by morning. They had better be, Miss Serling. You do understand how small the art world is, don't you? Of course I do, Mr. Gibson. And you understand how quickly reputations travel? Yes, Mr. Gibson. And to fail to deliver for a gallery showing, you are absolutely clear on how much damage that could do to a budding career. Yes, Mr. Gibson. Good. Then have them here by 7 a.m. tomorrow. 7? You will have them here by 7. As good and better, Mr. Gibson. I, I promise. I don't want your promises, Miss Serling. I want those paintings. Six months gone. Six months of long nights in Mother's old studio. Mixing paint, hanging canvas, planning, sketching, drafting, starting over. How could six months have passed so quickly? The studio is more familiar to Louise than her own bedroom now. She needs not look from the canvas to see it. Large enough to echo, too small to walk freely. Along the walls stand her mother's sculpture, like the clay guards of a fallen empire. Every set of stone eyes faces the wall now. Louise has turned them one by one. Louise sits before a canvas, and beyond that canvas hangs the portrait of her mother. It is as beautiful as everyone says it is. Its length is four feet, its height is six but it is far bigger than its dimensions. It dwarfs the wall from which it hangs. Mother's eyes, huge and blue and beautiful as china saucers, never blink. In autumn, when six months seemed like an endless time, Louise hung four blank canvases beside that portrait. 
In autumn, when beginnings were new, those empty spaces shone with promise. It is spring now. One night remains, and the four canvases are still blank. Darling? Not now, John. I know you're busy, Lou. Of course you're busy, but the chef's here. He's brought some of the cake for us to try and some samples of... I will not be having any cake, John. Well, I wouldn't trust me to pick out all the food for this wedding. You'll end up with sauerkraut casserole and liver gâteau. Uh, Louise? I will not be eating any cake. Of course, darling, but... I have a gallery showing tomorrow to look my best for, and a wedding gown to fit into, and... I know, darling. And I don't want to be interrupted by silly cakes when I'm working. I'm sorry, John. I'm just... This is a bad time. Of course it is. Sorry, darling. Don't apologize, please. I can't stand it when you apologize when you shouldn't. I'm sorry. No cakes, then. I understand. The chocolate gâteau will be your favorite anyway. We didn't need the chef for that. Thank you. I'm only worried about you. I know. Thank you. Father is, too. He and I were talking. Really, John, I... You mentioned... I don't like to bring this up, Lou. Then don't. But your father... Well, he brought up the idea... Close the door, John. You've been healthy. Your hand... I said close the door! Oh, my God, are you all right? I'm fine. I'm sorry, John, I... I I love you too, Louise. It was stupid of me to say. Just don't tire yourself. Please. I'll come out as soon as I've finished. Finished. How many times had she promised finished? She could paint the world if that hand would stop, but it won't. And secretly, she fears it will never stop again. I can do it. I've done it before. After all, I did paint that one. The portrait. Larger than life, just like Mother. I can paint another. I've plenty of time. Hours and hours. Even if I do start shaking. The shaking has grown every night. It won't happen to me. I won't let it. To the desperate woman, ask, why else might a hand shake in the winter months? Louise found her answer in December when she thought of the water. There is a fireplace in the studio for work in winter months, and on that fire she keeps a kettle. With three months' practice, the system is exact. When the kettle begins to boil, she removes it from the flame to cool. It has been twenty minutes since she removed this one. Too cold. She places it back on the flame. She waits impatiently. And when the water is just right, she pours it into her bowl, careful not to spill. She brings the bowl to her desk, and she warms her hands in the water. There. That will do the trick. Long minutes pass. The kettle stays on the fire to boil again. The canvas stays blank. There. Perfectly fine. And with plenty of time, too. The portrait, hanging where it does, cannot see Louise's canvas. For this, she is grateful. Now, what do I think of when I think of you, Mother? I don't remember very much at all. I think I remember this room. It was all so different then. The smell of clay. The kiln! Why, I was terrified of the kiln, hissing and banging, like there was a little demon trapped inside of it. She begins to sketch. The lines flow freely. There will be yellow in this, she thinks. 
The kiln will be redder than it is, bigger and angrier, but there will be yellow and green, and it will seem so big, so light, and mother... But I remember... I remember she always seemed so... Mother will be gray. So sad. I can't imagine it not to be able to paint anymore. It is silent. She feels the portrait watching her kindly, a fairy mother of oil and cloth. Louise looks at her canvas and knows what she will make. And then she feels it. Oh no. It begins in her wrists, a tension like violin strings wound too tight. Not again. Oh, please, not again. From there, it crawls to her palms, to the backs of her hands, playing on her tendons like piano keys. Stop! For God's sake, just stop shaking! A straight line. I just need a few straight lines and... And the rest will be abstract. Modern. They won't mind one or two like that. I just need a few straight... No, no, no! If only... If only I could hold still. The water worked in December, January. Now it is March and Louise has been praying for something to still her hands. And then she sees it. Across the studio with Mother's tools. The vice. The vice. Its two clamps have held wooden blocks and planks, have restrained the boards while chisels chopped them and saw teeth devoured them. Now it will hold Louise's hand. I'll just move the canvas over here. There it is. Brush in hand. Paint's ready. She feels the rough metal on her hand. Her shaking grows. All I need is a few straight lines. And if I don't twist too tightly, it shouldn't hurt at all. Not at all. She places her hand on the crank. It is cold. Only ten hours left! Her grip tightens. She twists the crank. That's not bad. See, Louise, you can hardly feel it. Now twist the crank. It's just nerves, just a gallery, a wedding, just the start of your life, Louise. It's the longest ride you'll ever take, so put two hands on the wheel and do try not to shake. And twist the crank, Louise. (gasps) Twist it. Twist it. Ah! And her hand, at last, is still. It's all right. Nearly too far, but you stopped it. I'll just release it a little and... That's better. Now, slowly. She draws a line, yellow and straight. Good. Just a few more now. Oh, this is smart, isn't it? I can do this every day doesn't have to happen to me, and if this stops working, I'll just find something else. It'll be easy. Well, well, not easy, but, but I'll do it. I have to. You, Mother, you gave up. You told Father, and he must have said what everyone says, that you just need to stop working, need to eat, need to rest. 
Rest! And that, mother, is what ended you. You let them talk you into it. You let them bring you to doctors. Let them poke you with needles and fill you with pills and who wouldn't shake after all that? You did it to yourself. But I've found my ways. I'll live, mother. With my water, the vice, I'll... The line writhes on her canvas like a worm. No! This works! It has to! An obscene serpent slithers through her hand. (laughs) Be reasonable, Louise. It worked. You saw it work. It just... It will just need to be tighter, that's all. Only a bit. Tighter, yes. Turn the crank, Louise. Turn the crank. Turn the crank, Louise. Until your hand, at last, is still. There! That's fine. No shaking at all. Now. My arm! Her arm. It shakes. It has never shaken before. It shakes so violently that Louise can hear the bones rattle beneath her skin. It travels down her wrist, past her elbow, through her shoulder, into her chest, squeezing her heart between cold fingers. For the love of God, please stop! No. Louise! No. Louise, what's going on in there? Are you all right? I'm fine, John. I just... I just hit my... my... Have you hurt yourself? I said I'm fine. Don't you dare come Unlock in here! Unlock the door, Louise. Go away. Unlock this door. You're hurt. Go. You need... Louise, I'm begging Go. you. He'll be back. He won't listen. But he can't see me. Oh, I can't let him see me shaking like this. He'll never let me paint again. He'll put me in a bed. Doctors all around me asking questions giving me medicine to make me sleep. I'll sleep every day and every night until... But I'll never paint again! Mother listens. Mother knows. Portraits cannot speak. They're like tombstones, there only to remind the living of what's past. No. No, I won't. It doesn't have to happen to me. It never has to! I won't! The water! The water. Remove the kettle, cool it, pour it into the bowl, careful not to spill. Wait and warm. The system is exact. The bowl! No bowl, no time either. Please, you will open this door this second! There's. there's no time! She removes the cap, stares into the rolling boil, feels the heat. The shaking has taken her neck, her stomach. He cannot see her like this. She plunges her hands into the water. Louise! Louise! Stay away! I have the key. I'm coming in, Louise! No! Darling, are you all... What? Look away. You... My God, are you... Oh, God. Please don't. Please, I can explain. I... He holds her, presses her head close to his chest. The shaking climbs to her jaw, her face. She cannot control it. Oh, John! Louise, my darling, my poor, poor darling! 
We'll fix this right away. You don't... Please leave, John. Please. Leave you? Lou, that's the last thing I'm going to do. His arms feel so steady around her. To her cold, shaking bones, he is warm. She wants him to leave and needs him to stay. Oh, John, just promise me you won't say anything about the paintings. The paintings? I'll have them finished by morning. I, I swear I will. If only I can just... Finished? But darling, your hands! She looks at her hands for the first time. The skin bubbles and cracks. It is red and black as magma. And her fingers, the fingers on her right hand, some are bent in ways they were never meant to be. The bone shines through parted skin. My... We'll bring you to a doctor right away. I can't go to a doctor. My gallery! Your gallery! That's what's done this to you, isn't it? That damn gallery! John, no! There won't be a gallery anymore, Lou. You can't take it. We'll cancel the gallery, postpone the wedding. We'll, we'll get you a doctor. You'll get rest, Lou, and your hands... Let me go! She claws at him. And leaves four perfectly straight lines of red on his face. He touches it, and when he sees the blood on his fingertips, John's hands begin to shake. Get out of here! But I. Cancel my gallery? Then what, John? Tear down my studio? Burn all my paintings? I didn't say. You don't care about my art at all, do you? You don't. And you never did. You'd be perfectly happy locking me in a room and watching me rock, wouldn't you? Lou. Wouldn't you? You'll kill me if you call that Dr. John. You've murdered me! Her hands hold a strange power over him now. She holds them before her like weapons. The bubbling, broken skin repels him. He reaches towards her, but the hands are always there to catch him. I don't want to hurt you, Louise. Then go! He lingers in the doorway, that pitying look in his eyes, that look that all the doctors will give her, that look that will be her grave. I love you, Lou. She takes a sculpture from the wall beside her and throws it at his head. <laughs> the door slams shut. At last, John is gone. She wedges her chair beneath the doorknob. Her handprints are red on the dark wood. But it isn't enough. Something within her boils. In bed. Shaking. Useless. I'll never paint again. All these damn hands. And these damn paintings. And this goddamn shaking. The portrait watches as Louise destroys every sculpture her mother made. There, the swan. There, the Roman hero. There, the ancient oak, the jubilant father, the dancing girl. One by one, they arc through the air. They fall from their pedestals. They tumble from their shelves. And above watches the portrait. It smiles even in these ruins. The portrait is so beautiful. Everyone says so. And she can hear them already. What they'll say years from now. Oh, that painting? Tragic, so tragic. The last thing she ever made. Beautiful, isn't it? Just imagine what she could have done. I won't have their pity. But the portrait continues to smile. That won't be me. That can't be me. It will always, always smile. Louise painted it that way. 
I don't need it. I don't need any of these. I, I can make more paintings. I'll make hundreds more. Thousands more. I'll nail my hands to the canvas if I have to, but I will make more and I don't need you! She grabs a knife from Mother's tools and runs to the portrait, so high and so massive. Her hand draws back, comes forward, cutting, cutting. She shreds what she can reach, but that smile hangs higher, talks her. Mother hangs higher still, out of reach from any blade. This won't destroy me! She pulls on the portrait. It won't happen to me! Her fingers ache. Her shaking fingers slip and slip again. I won't let it! And finally, the portrait falls. Mr. Sterling? Mr. Parrish? Yes, come in, please. You must be Dr. Wilson. Uh, Collins, actually. The medical examiner's office sent me over, and you are... John Parrish. Good to meet you, Doctor. And you. Ah, this must be Mr. Serling. Uh, It's good to meet you, sir. Um, well then. If you don't mind, Doctor. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Before we get to Miss Serling's results, Mr. Parrish, I I do have a question for you. A matter of basic procedure for us. Why did you request a full examination of Miss Serling? Her case seems fairly straightforward. It might be, but... Parrish is a damn fool, that's why. We disagree on what might have caused her to do this. It was her mother's condition. We both know it, even if he won't admit it. And you, if you don't tell him that, doctor, he's going to go through life blaming himself every morning when he wakes up and every night when he sleeps, all for a few thoughtless words. And that's why I paid you to be here. Now talk. Uh, Of... Of course. Um, I'm sorry for asking. Uh, Now, the report. Uh, Cause of death, as both of you know, was blood loss caused by a severing of major arteries in the neck. Just tell him she had what her mother did and go, Collins. Uh, Well, this is not the sort of bad news I'm used to delivering, gentlemen. But the fact of the matter is that, in terms of general health... Miss Serling could not have been more fit. Uh, The brain chemistry appears normal, no signs of mind-altering substances. Her heart was as strong and healthy as that of any young woman. Which means? Which means that, well, there's no evidence that she had her mother's condition at all. I could find no biological basis for her apparent psychotic break. Nothing at all. Nothing. There can't be nothing. Well, um, I I suppose if if I were to nitpick... Then what? Her blood sugar levels were a bit low. Nothing too unheard of with with ladies. Uh, The the levels suggest that she hadn't been eating quite enough, but nothing more. I suppose she was on a diet for some time. Would there be any symptoms from that? Mr. Parrish, I am truly sorry for your loss, but this sort of desperate... I know you're used to handling corpses, Collins, but you have a young life on your hands now, so think and then answer. (sighs) Symptoms of low blood sugar. Mm, Very few. Uh, It might cause dizziness, headaches... 
In extreme cases, I suppose, it might have caused some shaking in the hands. From the wall of a gallery somewhere in this country hangs a portrait. Its lower half has been cut away now, and the bottom edge of the frame just grazes its wide, beautiful smile. It did not survive its fall unscathed. Sections are roughened, scratched, faded, but they keep the portrait hanging there as a tribute to a young artist, a woman gone long before her time. In the years since the portrait was hung, it has faded further. The lines have blurred, dust and time and seasons have hidden the details in the cheeks, the hair, the eyes. But the smile, as always, remains. It is a beautiful smile, one of the most alluring ever put to canvas. And if you listen closely, you can hear the viewers whisper, Oh, that painting? Tragic, so tragic. The last thing she ever made. Beautiful, isn't it? Just imagine what she could have done. The tale you've just heard, Shaken, was told by the following people. Kate Jones as the narrator, Sophie Kaner as Louise, Noah Symes as John, Joshua Elon as Mr. Serling, and Dan Squizero as Mr. Gibson and Dr. Collins. On staff at the Penumbra, Ryan Meyer is our sound engineer and sound effects designer. Kevin Vibert is our lead writer and lead sound effects designer. Sophie Kaner is our director, lead editor, and sound designer. The Penumbra is created and produced by Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. I'm so sorry you've been called away, dear traveler. We eagerly await your return. <laughs>